0: Uh, I saw, uh, Matilda the Musical a couple of days ago, and if there's something that I could say I love about- Like, like you saw that it existed, or you, you actually know, I saw viewed the, the music? Oh, okay. It's great. If you saw the movie, it's great. It's even better, because it's got music in it. And, um, all the little children had their fun little Cockney accents coming and talking out, eh? and it- re- Little Brit accent, you just call me Ite. Hello, I'm Matilda. I can move stuff with my brain. Now you know how the Beetlejuice musical did get the rights to the Doo song. Did they get to the the rights to um send me on my way? The fuck? No, they didn't send me on my way. Um, but I thought it was a really uh really good choice for the uh. They wrote a song for the kid eating that big cake. And it was just, oh, you on that cake, boy! You eat that cake, get him that cake, boy! You gonna eat the cake? Cake it up, cake, get cake, get up with cake. watch out! Now he's gonna eat the chocolate cake. Are you sure this wasn't Hamilton? You into this? This is very inspired. There's a big fat kid, and I gotta say, I wanna see this motherfucker eat up some cake. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time, it's time, it's time. For a load and i'm talking about a load a load of bs that's right a load of bs the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time the official Hobbs and shaw sponsored podcast and i'm talking about my co-host he the b to the l-a-k-e that's right it's blake tanner Nah, I don't think we're sponsored by Hobbs and Shaw, but we are close enough. We're handing out their swag. As a matter of fact, here he is, the swag man cometh. It is the S, Scotty Moore. (laughs) Um, I'm doing what in the business is called physical humor right now. (laughs) As I put on my Hobbs and Shaw bandana and rock my Hobbs and Shaw towel. Because we talked about this before we recorded yesterday. My dad took my cousin, who's a very big... He is a gamer, an elite gamer. He took him to the Southern Fried... Oh my uh, god, we talked about him on the podcast, didn't we? No, no, no. We talked about him, like, right before we recorded... uh, Okay. Yeah, JWF, I think. And my dad comes back, and he's like... I don't think my... He's never been to a real convention, so he didn't realize (laughs) how much shit he's gonna come back with. Yep. And so he just pulled out this massive bag, and I went, what the hell's in that? He goes, well... Here's a fan you plug into your phone. Here's a water bottle. Here's a ring light for selfies. Here's a Hobbs and Shaw bandana. Another Hobbs and Shaw bandana. Another. And it it was like a magician as he kept pulling out more bandanas promoting Hobbs and Shaw. And then like three towels for Hobbs and Shaw that I'm now using as the official BS sweat rag. Yep. Oh, can I have some of those towels? Because I found out, like, last week, washing towels for the first time, new towels that I bought for $5 each. Yeah. Um, man, it ain't fun to wash new towels. They's lint. Oh, okay. So, I, I, I'm i just doing my thing in this mundane, opening this washer up in this public-ass washer, open it up, but it looks like there's a, there's just, like... Death in there. It looks like it tore my towel apart. It <laughs> looks like the thing had just fallen to pieces because the, the amounts of clumped lint in this public washing machine that someone else is going to have to use after me. Yeah. And I'm like, it ain't my job to clean that out. I'll pull some, but this is, this is too far gone. I almost wanted to leave a note that said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you leave a towel that you've spray painted, I'm sorry, onto. Uh, And so for that point, it's led to a week of me getting out of the shower, washing off with a towel, and just turning into... If chicken pox were black... Yeah. Then it would just be like these horrible little sores all over my body that was just from the bad towels that I bought. So don't skip when you're buying towels, kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I just say, I don't know what credit union or what bank you go through for banking. And I don't know if you have a rewards card, but I found out approximately two days ago that apparently the card I use through my bank has a reward point system oh, that they Lord. never told me about, period. Until I got a random email from a company I've never heard of that said, Mr. Moore, your points are going to expire soon. You have 19 19- Thousand and I went. Oh, okay. Is it? Is it like tickets at uh, Dave and Buster's? Could you actually buy a a good thing with it? It's like tickets at because I saw nineteen thousand and I'm like, oh, maybe this is something they recently started doing. And then I found out, oh, no, it's not, because for every $2 you spend, you get a point, meaning I had to spend $38,000 to get these points. So that's accumulated over several years, I have to assume. And in case you're wondering, what I what I was able to purchase with it, they like, gave man. me the options of a hammock, a Canon PowerShot camera. I thought you were fu- just going to say a Canon. <laughs> A whole fucking blunderbuss <laughs> um, Who was the other ones? Uh, a full 5.1 surround sound system. Hey. And I spent about two hours on that website, because I would look at it on the website, then go to Amazon and read reviews. And fun fact, everything had bad reviews on it. Even the Canon PowerShot I was able to buy, they were like, just get an upgrade. You could use... It. This is as good as the iPhone 7. And I'm like, well, fuck, that's what I have. <laughs> well, and so, I think you'll appreciate what I settled on.
1: Okay. Because
0: it's not gonna be good. It's definitely not going to be good, did because you, it's from... Did yes. you settle for the equivalent of just saying, man, I got a bunch of tickets... But I don't like anything on the shelves. Can I just get these in candy? (laughs) I have 50,000 spider rings on the way to my house right now. No, no, no. It's from one of those, like, catalog kind of places that sell, like, cheap... Like a Vat19, like a, um... Mm -hmm. Stuff you buy... Is it stuff rich people buy? Is that the website? Yeah, (laughs) it's like what shit you can afford, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those. Mm -hmm. And... It's. I mainly purchased it for this show, and especially because we are going to be... Fuck it, we can just say it. We're doing a live show at Dragon Con, yeah. and I think it's going to be where this makes its debut, oh, God. because I purchased the Whiskey Gentleman's Whiskey Kit. Blake, I'm going to make my own bourbon, and we're going to, depending on how long it takes to age, debut it at Dragon <laughs> Con. Oh. Uh... Yeah, from what I saw well, okay, though, hold on, I'm back. <laughs> from what I saw, apparently you uh, you make it with grain alcohol, so at least that part of it <sighs> is already there, and then we just add flavoring to it to make it taste like bourbon. <sighs> and at first, I'm like, oh, this is fun. It'll make me like maybe a little bit of whiskey. It makes over a gallon of whiskey. So we're gonna be rolling in that bitch, like, double-arming this like a child, plopping it up on the desk. And fun fact, we're not allowed to give out liquor to our audience at Dragon Con. Good! But what I am planning is to hire a person in a bear suit to run in and just wildly start pouring shots. But he's not part of our show. Any bears that come out during the BS performance are not part of our show. Well, what you could, uh, what the bear could do, if I'm um, hypothetically speaking, we tell the bear what to do, which of course we won't, is he come in with a water gun and he yeah. just fill that bad boy up. And then he just kind of, like, uh uh, into my mouth. My other plan, we save the whiskey for ourselves. And in tribute to our first ever live show we did during college, we give out hug barrels to the audience. (laughs) Those little hug barrels. But what I'm going to do is get a needle, pull out a little bit of it. Then get some vodka and inject the vodka into the hug barrels. Then you shake them up and throw them out like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that's actually illegal. I mean, what would the crime be? Um, H- hug tampering. They, it, it, that, and there is definitely something where if you give somebody something, you don't tell them exactly what's in it, then it's no, bad. No, no, no half of them will have alcohol half of them won't so we'll tell the audience there might be there might wait a minute do you think that's a way we could get around it could this be the loophole is we say we don't know if we're giving out alcohol we don't know which of these have the alcohol in them you have worked so hard to get us a live show, and you are trying so bad to ruin it. <laughs> Have you not? That's what I do, baby. We get the live show, and the minute I'm like, it, it's confirmed? We're definitely doing the live Yeah, we're definitely doing the live show. Oh, fuck, let's ruin this. I want to make them regret everything they've ever done. Is that is that your life creed? That's <laughs> My life creed is you're gonna regret this. Thank you for the opportunity. You're going to regret it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to put that on my business cards now. Just like Scotty Moore, let's get in touch. You'll regret it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> in fact, I just started a Fiverr account. So also anyone out there who wants some graphic design or voiceover work done, hit your boy up or audio editing, whatever. I don't give a shit. I just want money. I could just, at the end of each thing, like, I think I can set a message to give them after they've paid. And just, it says, you will regret what you have done this day. Nah, I hope you enjoy that voice chat I did right there. This is my real voice, just letting you know. That's how deep my range goes. You're gonna regret this, cowpoke, just letting you know. <laughs> No, 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 no. That voice, that still has, like, a soothing... I would listen to that narrator. That's got a Sam Elliott, Big Lebowski vibe. Mm, but if that's I d- the problem. But if I did something like this and was just like, hey, man, thanks for the opportunity. I'm willing to give you a narration, I guess. It's whatever. It's like, oh, fuck. I, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I am high right now. <laughs> Um. You are doing a perfect, pitch-perfect impersonation of a famous drag queen who's also my least favorite drag queen named Alaska Thunderfuck well maybe you know i' am just uh, it, like, she does her drag so well but when she does her backstage interviews she's like i didn't realize this was an acting competition I'm like i need you to stop alaska <sighs> calm down it it physically hurts me whenever um i find myself going into like a vocal fry voice yeah. i used to i i do it when i'm in those situations where it's like I feel meek and terrified. <laughs> okay. Like so a, a man pulls a gun on Blake Tanner and the yeah. immediate reaction I is... Just I just don't... Um, I do <laughs> not really feeling this. I'm sorry. Uh, do, do you want <laughs> I, I all, don't have any money. I don't have the money. This is, uh... <laughs> This is have, all my fault, I'm sure. I have a wife and kid. Come on, man. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was lying about the wife and kids. It's no, not I even don't. fear in your voice. It's just you get high, basically. Like, oh, I'm sorry. This is my grim resignation. I actually, just pull the trigger. It's fine. <laughs> pull the fucking trigger on me. I don't care, man. I've, I've, I'm already dead inside after the way I've handled myself tonight. Did- it's. <laughs> So, also, we were talking before I'm the sorry, show. This is my first time being robbed. <laughs> the the robber puts the gun back in. He's like, "Oh, thank God, it was my first time too." Can we just like talk? I was, I didn't want to do this either. Yeah, I, I was just afraid that I would finish too early. Like, my, <laughs> like- fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I was saying before, robber Blake interrupted me. You told me you went to see a certain musical before the show. <laughs> and I Also, I didn't know if you knew that Matilda was made into a musical. But, like, this is two weeks in a row Matilda has been brought up on this podcast, and can I make a sad, sad admission? hmm I've never seen Matilda. <laughs> Alright, let me I- run it down real quick. <laughs> okay. Ma- magic Girl gets blood dumped on her. Wait, no, that's the other that's magic scary. girl. Nope, wrong one. Um <clears throat> okay, so real quick. Little girl is born. Little girl has bad parents. In the movie, Danny DeVito's the dad. Um Little girls, bad parents mistreat her. She has a brother at some point. He's either an idiot or mean to her, or her both. I can't remember. She goes to school. School's real bad, except for the one teacher she has, which is really who's really nice to her, and the first person that's really nice to her. And there's a horrible, evil head mitra- mistress called Miss Trunchable, and she used to throw hammers olympically. Now, and see, I know, Olympi- I know about Miss Lunchable. See, I'm, I'm aware of the movie. I've just never seen it. Like, I'm I, sorry, you know about who? Miss Miss Lunchable? Okay, that's what I thought you said. That's she gives said. Uh, she gives multiple pepperonis to the kids, and if you get an extra pepperoni, that means she likes you. Yes. Uh, so the kids pull pranks on Miss Lunchable. Matilda gets them out of it because Matilda is actually super smart. Yeah. And she reads books all the time. And except for this one time where the one boy has to eat a big old cake and he gets real sick, and she chose <laughs> throws him in the chokey. And so eventually Matilda gets superpowers because she finds out that the teacher she likes, Miss Honey, um, is actually uh, the Lunchable's niece. That's yeah. it. And Miss Lunchable killed both of her parents to get all of her parents' things. And so once Matilda finds that out and she finds out how to do her cool, great uh, mind powers, she she scares the Lunchable off. Now, I will say Salty Frank... And then at the very end, she... Lives happily ever after because her parents basically abandon her and she lives happily with her teacher. Well, Salty Frank's summary is just Magic Girl doesn't get seatbelt as baby becomes magic. So I think I understand perfectly now. Definitely magic. Um, the play follows that pretty closely. Yes. Yeah. Except there's music, there's good music. There's a um, rap song about a fat boy eating cake. Yep was it? I'll, I'll let you leave that to your imaginations as to what that really was. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, if you don't know, that Matilda was based on a book written by Roald Dahl. The man who's got... He has a book wild series. Like, all of his books. Like, he did James and the Giant King Peach. The giant Peach. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is probably his most famous work. Um, he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, the BFG... And um, a bunch of other stuff that's not as well known over here, but he's he he's big across the pond. Yeah, yeah. I really, I'm happy you did your research, as I was quietly going to my phone typing in Doll books."
1: Did oh, she? Right.
0: Right. I already had his Wikipedia page pulled up. Did she write holes? No, it wasn't. Then no. I don't know anything. And this dude. He he was a weird dude. He's got a weird writing style that they don't really accurately portray enough in the book or in the movies about his books. Yeah. Which is buck wild because if you've ever seen James and the Giant Peach... Yeah. ho ho, ho. But I was going through um some of his good books and I remembered something and I haven't looked it up yet because I wanted us to have the surprise of... The fact that we are going to go over the sequel book that he wrote to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Thank you! I was going to bring this up earlier! Oh, uh, because I, I remember, all I remember about that book is it's what happens right after the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because they're in that big glass elevator and they fly up into space for some reason and I think aliens eat the president. I... D- I remember... Doesn't it go into Willy Wonka's past? Like, doesn't he... Isn't he a safari man? Nope, I'm thinking of the Tim Burton one. I'm sorry. That is the Tim Burton one, yep. All right. Okay, well, I I know I read the sequel. I just have no earthly idea what it's about. I mean, I remember... I was so young when I read these books that I didn't read them. My dad read them to me. Yeah. Um. So, the sequel book which I'm amazed that he read to me, I pulled up the Wikipedia page, and I just kind of want to go over a little bit of it. I believe it was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's Bogus Journey was the title of the sequel. Yep. He fights the Grim Reaper to get the Chocolate Factory back. And then um, he wrote a, a third sequel book, like 20-something years yeah, later with Keanu did. Reeves. And then he shaved Keanu Reeves's face in the internet and instantly hated it because... Well, Keanu got a baby fat face, huh? Yeah. So, um... Jesus fucking Christ, this is the first sentence. It picks up where the previous book left off. Charlie and family aboard the Great Glass Elevator. Mm -hmm. The elevator accidentally goes into orbit, and Mr. Wonka docks them at the Space Hotel USA. Uh... What? Yeah... (laughs) I believe the title is, in fact, uh, Charlie and the Great Gra- Great, Great Grass Elevator. <laughs> um, it was, um no, Charlie and Mars Attacks, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their interception of the hotel is mistaken by approaching astronauts and listeners on Earth, including the President of the United States, as an act of space piracy. And they are accused of being enemy agents, spies, and aliens. Shortly after their arrival, they discover the hotel has been overrun by dangerous monsters known as Vermicious Canids. Oh, that's where they come from. I remember, okay, I do remember Vermicious Canids. And I I remember reading this when I was like 12 and 13. Like, I was an older age. I just remember seeing like, oh, this has a sequel? Well, I gotta check that out. And then for some reason back then, I'm like, oh, they're on the moon. This makes perfect sense. It's fine. (laughs) This is alright. So, they have to... They distract the aliens, the Vermicious Canids, by making them spell out the word Scram because they have a compulsion to do so. So I'm guessing that if you drop a pile of salt in front of them, they have to pick them all up and count them while they spell out Scram. So this is on par with the villain in earnest, scared, stupid, being afraid of milk. Of milk. Um... (laughs) I'm pretty sure that this is just the plot of Alien. It does sound like the plot of Alien. Also, uh, Frank has given us his headcanon ending, which is a jump cut to a 16-year-old Charlie Bucket waking up at a 9-to-5 job at the Golden Corral, working at the Chocolate Fountain. (laughs) Oh, man. So, they... Holy shit... They burn the Canids up in orbit somehow, and they save them from the threat. Willy Wonka saves Charlie's remaining grandparents who won't get out of bed. I thought um, you were gonna say Charlie's remains. He burnt. He sacrificed himself, burned up alongside them, and no. then Wonka picked them out of orbit and was like, "We will give Holy him the rest." He. D- it's even more buckwild, buddy. Mister Wonka tries to rejuvenate Charlie's grandparents by giving him a great formula called Vankovite. Yeah. And they all take more than they need, subtracting 80 years of their lives. Two of the grandparents become babies, but the third one, 78-year-old grandmother Georgina, just vanishes. I remember this! I remember this plot And they have to find her! They have to go into the before life, after life, and track her down. Oh, I thought she was in the fucking quantum realm. They gotta go track her down and unsnap Thanos. Holy shit. And so. Anyway, they go. They save her. After an even more Buckwild adventure that I don't think we have time to get into. Yeah. And they turn her 358 years old. Yeah. Because fuck it. So after all of that, the president of the United States invites all of them to the White House, and they just kind of get a, to have a fun time. This is the plot to Mac and me. He just did Mac <laughs> and me, but with Willy Wonka. Oh my God, we got to get Paul Red on the phone. Got- <laughs> Call up Paul, baby. We got some info for you, dude. We're about to wreck it. Which, this leads me to what I wanted to talk about. There was going to be a third book in this trilogy that didn't exist. I'm picking up what you're putting down, baby. Uh-huh. Um, all we know is that um, it was going to be Charlie in the White House. Charlie's family and Mr. Wonka are invited by the president to have dinner, and his thanks for we- rescuing them from the spaceship bad stuff. And the vermicious canids. Dahl only wrote the first chapter. But I'm going to say fuck it. Okay. Let's not read the first chapter. (laughs) What's going to happen when Charlie Bucket and Willy Wonka go to the White House? Okay. So since the the ending of the first book was like growing up in the great great glass elevator and looking around and being like, this is your world now, Charlie. What's that dark place over there? That is Harlem. We do not speak of that place, Charlie. Um, And then the beginning takes that and then goes a buck wild left where they go into space. So they're at the end of the second book, I assume they're all getting the fucking medals put on except for the (laughs) Wookiee. Yep. Well, they do have a Wookiee there, yeah. Beginning of the first book. An alien spacecraft comes in and straight up Independence Day's in the White House, and the only survivors are Charlie and mm, I'm trying to think. Could it just be Charlie? Okay, here's what we need to do, and I think that I think that Willy Wonka still needs to be there because I'm pretty sure that he's never going to actually. No, die. no, 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 Blake. He's assumed mm-hmm. dead. We're saving this. Uh, this is a reveal. Okay. So this is what we do. Charlie, he's got the he's got the glass elevator work in his own way now. He's going the the prologue is just him fucking around in Antarctica where he's studying the super blue Antarctica space seals that glow at night and um they recite the the songs of their ancestors, and also they know where this super cool candy is that's very cold. I genuinely... This was my thought process, which is the aliens attack. The aliens now take over the world. Willy Wonka, in his, quote-unquote, dying breaths, is like, Here, Charlie, this is what you must do. This is what your destiny is to defeat the aliens. Also, this is still a Willy Wonka story. Charlie looks at his destiny, he rejects it, and Dr. Manhattan's back up onto the moon and stays there for 25 (laughs) years. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the opening. Charlie's finishing with his research, and he's going to have lunch with the president or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Willy Wonk is already there because he sends him a super cool communication. Charlie lands on the green in front of the White House, and that's when it's destroyed by aliens. The scene that you were talking about happens and Charlie is on his fucking way. Okay. How far in the future is this from the ending of the second book? It it can't be too long. Let's say like six months. Six months? Okay. Charlie's had enough. <laughs> so Charlie is a Ten year old just pimping at the end the Antarctic with some polar bears and shit. Hey listen, you forget this is a roll doll book still though. Yeah, and also, he's got the money he owns the best chocolate factory in yep. town, baby. As a matter of fact, it's just kinda Charlie and he's doing the whole thing. Like Wonka bounced. Yeah. Like, Wonka was like, sweet, dude, you're my you're my heir now, so I can actually go do shit again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the lighthouse blows up. Charlie goes to space and rejects his destiny for 25 years. Is Willy Wonka and Charlie just the OG Rick and Morty? Yes. Uh, eventually, who finds him? I don't think this is what they did with her, but this is what I'm gonna say they did with her. Violet Beauregard <laughs> is fucking floating through space like gravity, <laughs> lands on the moon, and she's like, get me back to my family, please, I've been here for so long, and Charlie goes, fine, takes them back to Earth, um, somehow he finds- this is Violet Beauregard, I don't remember what happens in the book version of her, but- she either she gets juiced and stretched out. Let's just say. Oh, okay. So, well, in my version, she's launched into space and then just lives there now because that seems like the most Willy Wonka ass thing to do. Maybe, okay, maybe maybe because Charlie is gone, they have to put together a team of the only people that know how to harness the whimsy of um, Willy Wonka. And those are the children that he had to teach the harshest lessons to. The four allegedly dead children. And they're like, they're zombies. <laughs> like, and so the first half, let's say first half of the book, Charlie's still in the on the moon and we don't hear from him. Also, it's some straight up Mad Max world. Like it is the desert. So the, that's what happens when the aliens invade. What are all of the kids' powers from, like, all of the crazy stuff that happened to them in the in the factory? Um, Violet has Elastigirl powers because she can stretch out back and forth. Mike, um, um, TV is just really small. Oh, is that what? What happened to Mike in the actual book? I can't remember. We're going to have to cover kid death real quick. Oh, yeah. Kid death time. So, um, Violet got blown up into a blueberry and then stretched out so she has Elastigirl powers. Mike TV. I thought he just got, like, hypnotized from watching TV too much. Let's see. <laughs> Some Blake <laughs> casually Googling how all them kids die in Willy Wonka. Yeah. No, Mike does just get shrunk like he does in the movie. Okay, so he's got Ant-Man powers. I was gonna give yeah, him, like... Yeah, he can... He... He found out how he could grow and shrink again. I was going to give him, like, super intelligence from being in front of the TV for so much, but no, I prefer Ant-Man powers, Elastigirl. Um, Augustus Gloop just kind of gets sucked up into a fat tube, don't he? Well, he gets cooked with the chocolate, so he actually becomes chocolate. Oh. Let's just say that. Okay. Okay, I'm going to counter that. He spent his whole childhood being tubby. And he was, since everyone else escaped the aliens, he was the first one caught. And over the following 25 years, he spent all his time in the rock mines getting jacked as shit. And he is just this massive, hulking beast with super strength. Oh, uh, I thought for a second you were gonna go back to. And he got captured. And so he killed a lot of Japanese people. <laughs> And then he became the rodent. <laughs> He's the rodent. Um, and then finally we've got... Who was the fourth child? Uh, uh, Veruca Salt, who... All, the only thing that happened to her is she made a bunch of squirrels mad and they threw her out in the trash. So what I think happens to her is like she learns from that yeah. and she essentially becomes Squirrel Girl. Thank you. I was like, we need Squirrel Girl. So we've got, essentially, using analogs, Squirrel Girl, Mr. Fantastic thing and um Ant-Man and Ant-Man <laughs> all teaming up and Mr. and Dr. Manhattan on the fucking moon <laughs> yes because he knows like he's channeled all of the aspects of man and creation he could do it if he wanted and also he's got the really cool elevator yeah I bet it's got lasers okay so, I think, since we wasted so much time talking about the sequel, we've got to speed it up on the, uh, the third. And I have an idea. hmm We, it goes through, like, this epic battle. Uh, as Charlie, like, we see the four battle, but they keep getting, like, knocked back. But they want to go, like, take on the Spire, which is where the lead alien is. And then they're like, we can't do it. And this is the halfway point. Whoosh! Who comes down? Fucking Goku. Wait, no, Charlie Bucket. No, what? Charlie Bucket is like, let's take it on. We can defeat them. And over the next half of the book, they go into battle. And it's like battles that are testing them and testing their might and their strength. And throughout the battles, you slowly watch as each of the children are once again taken (laughs) and beaten down by these massive, hulking orange aliens. So... What happens is it's essentially a repeat of the first book, but it's like each of them are quote-unquote sacrificing themselves so the group can move forward. Yes, and then eventually, the last person, I like to think, um, who do we want Charlie's love interest to be, Veruca or um, the other, other Violet? I think, I think this could be a real turn. I think this could be how Veruca Salt becomes a lovable character because she was like a... A a, a spiteful, spoiled brat in the first one, and as she has come to learn and love the squirrels, she knows that she can have empathy for other (laughs) creatures, and she she and Charlie kind of hit it off, but the squirrels keep getting in the way every time they want to kiss. (laughs) And so, like, they both launch themselves at the top of the spire, Charlie grabs on, she slides down, he grabs her hand, and there's just, like, this horde of creatures climbing up, looking a bit like squirrels. (laughs) And she's the last one left, and she just goes... And Charlie's like, I can't hold on, I can't hold on! And she goes, let go, Charlie. Let go. It's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I want her to do something cool before she's enveloped by the weird squirrels. She calls all of her squirrels out. Yeah, yeah, And they just envelop her like a ball as she falls, and it's a big explosion. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Okay, and then Charlie launches himself back up, and there is a chair faced away from him. And you just hear, (laughs) (laughs) and the chair slowly turns around, and all the aliens are like uh, predators, so they have helmets on, and it's this massive alien with a predator (laughs) helmet on, and he slowly removes it, (laughs) and he goes, congratulations, Charlie, you've done it. You've done it! You did it! You can now truly become my heir apparent, and Charlie now has levitation powers, and he battles Willy Wonka for supremacy. And the whole time, Wonka is like repeating lines from the monologue, like "I said good day, sir." As he hitting him off? Oh, and I th- is this is this the moment where it's going to be like, um, the where the Avengers theme kicks in? And, like, everyone else comes to Charlie's aid, except they do it in the anime style, where they don't help him fight, but they just cheer him on. Yeah, 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 Well, no, no, three of them come back, and Charlie's like, my friends! My friends are alive, but... And then Veruca's not there. And then climbs up. <laughs> Veruca is the last bit of inspiration he needs to kill Willy Wonka and ascend to the throne. And so what's the name of this one? I mean, do we want to give them a superhero team name? Because then it could be Charlie and the... Blank. Yeah. Charlie and the Punch Boys. Charlie and the Candy Crew. Charlie and the fucking Candy Crew! Candy Crew. Oh, hell yes! Oh, man, now I'm just hungry. I want some candy. But, you know, if I'm gonna go... I'm just listening to the Avengers theme right now, so... <laughs> Well, thank God you're not playing it, because we'd have to pay some royalties, and if we were going to afford those royalties, we were going to have to go to the shill station. Ding, ding. Woo! So, Blakey T, I got a question for you. What happens when, when the world's been taken over by aliens and possibly Willy Wonka? and you're just so naked and are crawling through the desert looking for something to to keep you safe and also something to quench your thirst, where could you go? Merch.alotapurebs.com Ooh, what can I get at com, Blake? You can get shirts. You can get posters. You can get... Cups! We got cups! Cups to contain the water to quench your thirst in the disappointing apocalyptic deserts. But then, (laughs) I want... Or or for something you could toast with your friends after a hard battle and you win. Mm -hmm. But... What if these people are nice? What if they don't live in the desert? What if it's Willy Wonka up in that fucking spire and he just wants to help people out and they want to help us out? Where could they go for that? Uh, I'm sorry, gazi has been distracting me in the chat. Um, He's been making Tibbs go crazy. So if you want to really help us out, even if it's just giving us a shout-out or something, go to patreon.com slash hello to BS. And you know what? If you click that button, you can give us money. Pat- and that... Is the sweetest thing of all. Patreon's Blake's favorite website because it's the website that's forcing him to watch terrible movies. Because Patreon's the only place where you get access to our show. You paid for this, where me and Blake watch terrible movies and commentate over them like mystery, science, theater, riff tracks. And we did, we did the Ghost Rider, didn't we, Blake? We did the good old Ghost Rider. Whoa. We did Cat in the Hat. I did force Blake to watch Cat in the Hat. It was a wondrous time. Um, I think... <laughs> But, yeah, if you want to check us commentating that, make sure to donate at Patreon. You also get shouted out on the show of your choice, like my mom and dad, the Patreon saints of the BS, and, of course, the first mate of the BS, Salty Frank of the Seven Seas. You also get access to our Discord, where every time we go live, you get notified about it. All kinds of awesome stuff waiting for you at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Also, a special shout-out today to Gazi because he does donate money. Ga- a lot of it. Yeah, Ghazi, earlier today, basically announced that he is the Patreon champion of the world, because when I had a baby, he, being a good boy, was like, oh, you, you're having a baby, you need money, and upped to $25 a month. So if you guys want to beat him out as Patreon champ, Gotta get that $26 a month, baby. You can do it. Patreon.com slash a load of BS. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck. And is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore. And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, Blake Tanner. I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. No, 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 that's Dylan. Hey, Dylan. And we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! So, Blake Tanner, it's now my job on this show to bring forth, like, ideas that will get the SEO going so the people will search for this show, because... As the person who has to advertise and have to make the tags on YouTube, for Fight Boys, I can always be like, oh yeah, we talked about this new story, so I can put that in the tags. Fight Boy, or uh, BS, you know how hard it is to make up tags that people will search for? I can't be like, Matilda with fucking Fortnite. People will look that shit up all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Say Independence Day Charlie. Independence Day Charlie, you got this. But I are do. You gonna, wa- are we just going to do Fushnikins again? We could do Fushnikins again and get 5,000 listeners. Now, I want to talk about a story that recently happened and took Twitter by storm. And it's the tale of just the smallest <laughs> man I've ever seen on the planet who was apparently very upset at a bagel boss. Oh, I, I've seen this one, yes. And no one says like Whoa. Frank in the chat just goes tackle me. <laughs> and apparently he's mad because women were like he thinks he, he, he was um what what's it what's it called when you're putting an idea out into the world that doesn't actually exist. That's what he was doing cuz he thought they were laughing at how short he was cuz he was a tiny boy. He was a small man. He was also being an absolute fucking cock. He was projecting the thought that women laugh at him. So the video starts, and he's already at 100. This video does not go 0 to 100. He's just turning around just like, Fuck you! You think I need to take the fucking women saying like, Cause I'm 5 foot tall I should kill myself? They do the snicker with the biting lip? (laughs) Which I thought was a very good (laughs) addition of like, Not just a normal snicker, with a biting lip on there. With the biting lip. This is one of those situations where I'm just like, I wish I could, someone would have started filming sooner. Yeah. I wanted to see what was the inciting incident to making this, because it's like, this dude probably, this is probably just the last straw. Something bad has just happened. Yeah. Something has just, like, upset this person to the point that he's taking it out on someone that doesn't deserve it, and that's why I'm glad he got tackled. But not not because I'm yeah, pretty sure he's nah, had it rough. Don't, don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> because at, at after that, he then goes on to the male people in the audience, screaming just like, You're not my dad, my God, oh my boy, you don't, have, you don't say anything about me. You can't tell me what to do. And this is the point where I'm so happy I wasn't there, because I would have started talking so much shit. Because he, like, tries to get in the dude's face, but he's so short that he looks like the fucking penguin just waddling up to this dude. And I would have, like, in an instant, been like, we represent the Lollipop Guild, and then super kicked him in the face. I would have loved it if you actually did that, so hats off. He should really just take it like Danny DeVito did and just get a fantastic wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then then he looks at another guy and just screams like, Yeah, you want to go? Tackle me! And that's where he fucked up. Because then, I don't know if it's how tiny he was, or this was just like a seven-foot-tall motherfucker rushes in and just takes him out and like... He fits between the man's arms and his legs. Like, he was torso-length on this man as he's now just, like, holding him in place. Oh, man. I like to think that it was just a really tall dude who was like, all right, I can do... This is gonna be my job today, I guess. Okay, so we're now making the fourth Willy Wonka film, and this is an Oompa Loompa that got loose. (laughs) And he's real mad at the world. It's... It's called Oompa, the loompa in the big city. <laughs> no, no, it's just called Oompa. And it's like the trailer for Joker, where it's just like this guy's life going downhill. Then at the end, you just see Oompa. <laughs> and that's it. <clears throat> so They call me Oompa. <laughs> <laughs> what are, What are you proposing? We kill the tall man. <laughs> Which one? There's a lot of tall guys. Every tall man. And then he's talking to a room of other Oompa Loompas and he's just like, I I need to get back to making the candy, man. Are you done? Let's kill the tall people. P- Do you want to see a magic trick? Pulls out a fucking pixie stick. <laughs> Puts it through a guy's dome. Do you mean our boss? It's the kid now. He's not tall. <laughs> Oh, man, they could be going after Willy Wonka. Okay, let's think. Do we want to go the Oompa route, or do we just want to make a villainous movie? Because, like, that's all the rage now. There was the Suicide Squads and the Jokers. So what we could do is, how about this? The kids at school make fun of him and call him Oompa. Oh. But he's like, no, I'm Chet. (laughs) I'm Chet, not Oompa. And eventually- me Tackle me Tackle <laughs> me! Tackle me, motherfucker! Okay, so, the plot is, maybe he's like, how old, do we want him to be in his 40s at this point? Or could, the- do we want to build up? Do we want that to be the inciting incident at the end of the film? And he gets mad, pulls out a gun, shoots everybody, then leaves. And as he leaves, he spray tans and then dyes his hair green. And then they're like, it's him! He's the Oopa now! No. So things happen exactly as they do in the video. Yeah. But you don't see... He escapes. The tall dude chases him into a factory. No. And he falls into a vat of bleach. No, no, no. He he runs him into a chocolate factory. factory. And And he he falls in a vat of caramel. And it dyes him orange. And then he falls into a vat of bleach, which is at the candy factory. Yeah. (laughs) the Good old candy bleach, you know. Or do we do this? Because at this point, we cannot have him in any way be a... Because, like, the Joker story is sad. And if you didn't know... If we don't have this guy be a dick, it just kind of ends on a sad note if he falls in the vat. Instead, could we have him snap? And, like... I don't know why I'm going this vicious, pull out a fucking straw and stab the dude in the neck with it as he's tackled him, and now everyone's like, oh no, oh no, police pull up, runs from the police into the chocolate factory, falls in the vat of caramel into the vat of cow tails. So it's still got the cream that keeps him a little bit... (laughs) Also, it dyes his hair green for some reason. (laughs) It dyes his hair green! It's either that it dyes his hair green or it's so sticky he's forced to shave his head and then puts on a green wig to commit his first crime. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he joins a group and they make him put on a green wig to commit his first crime. Yes! That's absolutely it, because, like, he's still on the... No, 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 no. What it could be is, like, there's a gang trying to get him, and it's a gang of the people who are caught doing dumb shit on the internet, and they're like, come on, join us. And he's like, I'm not gonna do that. That's not who I am, man. Because, like, there'll be a secondary video made earlier in his life that was embarrassing him from, like, 18 to 40, which is where we're at now, which is when the Bagel Boss video is made. Oh, man. Um, and so, after he falls in the vat, he comes out, and then he puts on the wig, and just slowly, like, this is where we get that Dark night scene. Walks into shitty YouTube headquarters, sits down, and is like... I'm sorry, what's shitty YouTube? Shitty, it's all the people who were shit, like, the guy, did you see the video of the fucking idiot who was following around John Cena in, like, a tea shop? Yep. Yeah, we're at the end. I've never been second hand intimidated until I saw John Cena. Look at this motherfucker as as he was like, hey, man, I'd like to give you some advice because he like he had like that, um, that gangster British accent. And then John just looks at him. He goes, no, no, no. I've got advice for you. Have respect. Have respect for some people. He's like, I do respect you, Matt. And he's like, No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you didn't respect me when I told you to stop filming. You keep filming me throughout this store. You're, you're creepy. He goes, I'm famous. Dude had four thousand subscribers, and John's like, uh, I don't give a, I don't give a damn who you are, and then walks away. So that guy's in there. <laughs> yep. Uh, every single white woman who called the cops on a black family just enjoying a meal at the park. They're All in them. there. Are we making an axis of evil for our, like, chocolate Avengers to fight? (laughs) Holy shit, you're right! You're so right! We're making the villain backstory! Except, okay, so what it is, is the whole time you're thinking that Oompa is not gonna join them, you're thinking that Oompa's gonna turn against them, Mm -hmm. and then at the end he sits down and he pulls out a gun and they're like, so, you ready to join? And then who who's who's the leader? Who's who's done the most embarrassing thing on the internet so far? That was caught like on video. Oh, it's the Paul brothers. Oh no, no because uh, yeah, that's a good one too. I was gonna say Charlie Sheen, but I feel like Logan Paul is definitely the leader. Yeah, and Oompa, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. I remember his name's fucking Oompa sits down, and they're like, so you ready to join? And he goes, no. And then shoots Logan Paul in the fucking head, and he goes, I'm ready to lead. Oompa credits into film. (laughs) (laughs) Salty Frank says, one of the fucking dudes, after he shoots Logan Paul, sits up, he goes, I have the power of God and anime on my side. (laughs) <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, we got the SEO for this one. I can put Logan Paul in the tags. I can put whatever... K, I'm gonna say KSI so I can now put KSI in there. Is that a thing anymore? No, but sure. Um, so we've made another cinematic universe. We've made the Willy Wonka sim... Well, hold on. Because we've it's not... A- it's not confirmed that he runs into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory because oh, now it is it is, it is now f- this is okay this is like 20 years after the alien invasion's gone the world's slowly rebuilding itself and this is like this town's branch of the Willy Wonka chocolate factories and he runs in and falls in the vat of so okay if, the, if this is the Joker comparison who's his Batman is it one of the um, the five candy crew, or is it a different man? Oh, for Oompa, I think that... I think that Oompa really, like, he knows that it was a... It was a... It's Charlie's Chocolate Factory at this point. He yeah. knows who made him the man that he is, even though he didn't yeah, know yeah. him personally. And so he's taking it out on him. He's, like, getting at real Oompa Loompas... He's inciting violence, and he's hurting them, and he pulls Charlie out, pulls Charlie out from his his candy expeditions, his love and creation of more, and he he becomes the villain that Charlie Bucket needs. So, wait a minute. Okay, the police chase him in, but then Charlie since it is his chocolate factory, is the one who stops him and chases him into the caramel vat. That's what happens. Also, the title of this film is Willy Wonka's... Willy Wonka's Chocolate and Defense Department Factory. Uh, It's the good old C&D. The good old C&D. Um, fuck. Do we want... What ha- okay, we've, we've literally fleshed out the ending to this movie perfectly. We've got no idea what happens before this. Is it just a bunch of sad things about him living alone with his mom who gets killed by a tall person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... Oh, no, 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 no. What it could be? She dies in the crossfire of, like, a supervillain superhero incident. And it's it's Mike TV when he gets real big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I was gonna say, either that or, um, Violet, when she stretches super Stretching. tall. Mm-hmm. All of them are tall at the time. It's not explained why. Like, they look over and fucking... <laughs> a fucking jacked-up Augustus, and he's just wearing platforms <laughs> for no reason. Maybe... Maybe the gloop, as he's gonna be called now. The gloop! Yes! <laughs> He's just real tall on his own. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) He's a real jacked boy. He found out how to turn chocolate into muscles. Mm -hmm. So Joker, before he, um... Before Joker did what he did... Oh, 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 oh! What if he works at the Bagel Boss? And the part of the video we haven't seen is him getting fired from the Bagel Boss. And he comes right back around and he just starts... Starting shit at the Bagel Boss. Yeah, because like he's been, uh, you could see like ever since his mom died in the ha- at the hands of whatever supervillain we want to say, at the hands of Logan Paul. He uh, that that's why he kills him at the end, you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and Logan Paul is probably tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he, she dies at the hands of Logan Paul, he gets a lot more like on edge and a lot more abusive, and so he starts screaming at everybody at the Bagel Boss. Mostly the women because they always kinda make like there there'll be a scene where they'll be in a room making some like short jokes because everyone else there is a teenaged girl and they're little immature people and he walks by and he like hears them and you just it's a shot of them laughing. It's blurried background, then they go blurry, background gets solid, and you just see fucking fucking Oompa staring sadly at them. Yeah. Um, they don't see him, but they, they, he knows. And also, like, there's this one, um, actual, like, store manager, let's say, that he just, he's really into, and he really likes, and he asks her out on a date, and she says no. Uh, just no? Oh, yeah, she just says no. Yeah, yeah, but he thinks it's a huge rejection, but all she says is, like, no, I can't this weekend, I have to do my hair, and he's like, I know what that means! I'm sorry, I... I mean, you're great. You're great, Oompa, but... No, no, no. She's the one person... She's the one person who calls him Chet. Everyone else calls him Oompa. And I do, um... I do think that at least one of the teenage girls does need to say the line of, like, if you're five foot tall, you might as well kill yourself at this point. And that's kind of one of the, the other things that set him off, basically. She either says it, yeah, she says it talking about him, or she says it about somebody that, like, asked her out or something. Now... I do want her to have a boyfriend. Is it Charlie or is it um Logan Paul? Which one is it? No, or let's just say Or is it the tall man that tackles, that tackles him, him and then stabs him in the neck? Um, I think that it's I love the idea that it's Logan Paul and she doesn't like know that he does the villain thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I also like the idea that like you come up and Logan Paul's obviously using her. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, that's how we introduce the concept of shitty YouTube trying to get Oompa in. That's how he meets Logan is through that. Uh, I just love that the idea that their team is just called shitty YouTube. It's, it's just like, shitty YouTube, boys. We, we all know what we've done. It's either that or Mount Fuji, for the obvious Logan Paul yeah. reason. Can can it just be called SEO? It's called... <laughs> it's called fucking SEO, and everybody's there, baby. Chewbacca mom. She had a real dark turn at some point. <laughs> everybody's there, getting ready. Fortnite, all of Fortnite's there, just getting ready. Ready to take the world. Oh, man. What's in this old closet? I don't know it. Oh shit! It's Day skeleton. Tazande, what are you there for? Uh, well, Blake, hey. we've suddenly—I don't think we've ever done something where in both segments we fully connected the films, but we've made the hit films of Oompa and fucking Charlie and the Candy Crush Crew or whatever. But now I have to ask you a very important question. What was awesome this week? Living on my own. That's it? Yeah. I got all my art up, I got my TV up. I have I to live, man. I mean, I'm noticing a different. Like the minute I believe it was the same week that you moved in, you're like, "I got a date with somebody," and I'm like, "Going out tonight," and I'm like, "This is all it's taken for the six, seven years I've like known you. Just got to put you in your own place, (laughs) and it happens. It just happens, man. I don't know. My dog's up there. Look at him. He's cool. Dogs hanging out. Dogs in the closet." Dog in the closet, baby. Oh, shit. Frank says apparently the actual Bagel Boss guy has a shitty YouTube channel that's just him yelling at people in public. So what the fuck? Does he have a camera crew that follows him around as he's just being shitty at people? Oh, man. i I love this idea. This is what happens after he joins shitty YouTube. He's just like, because they're just like, w- I mean, we're not popular anymore. No one knows who we are. And he's like, then we need to get more videos. How? No, Not everyone films us. Then we film ourselves. And it's a real Peter Parker bringing the fucking pictures of Spider-Man to J. Jonah Jameson situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, but I think, mean, damn! I I've gotta, I I've gotta move on because otherwise we could spend literally all year on the Oompa script. That like, I feel why we um needed to move away from our uh, beefy Game of Thrones series. Yeah, yeah. We had to throw away Game of Beef so Oompa could <laughs> Game of Beef right- walked so Oompa could run. Well, no, we just made we just made the eighth season of Game of Beef really shitty. <laughs> Well, my thing that's awesome this week is I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I I'm hunting, looking for a come up. The fucking thrift show stores are fucking awesome. Oh, uh, do you remember when we would warm up to that song in our acting class in college? Holy shit, you're right. I forgot about that. Oh man, that was a good song though, man. I loved it. Um. Also, uh, I do- I downloaded Twitch Sings, which has like every song on it. Last night, I just had my own karaoke party in my room. So that's a secondary awesome thing. But yeah, I realized like, so it's going slightly serious. I've gotten bigger since college, <laughs> and in that, my mind is like, but if you still wear the little clothes, <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> It will instantly transform you. Then I watched all three seasons of Queer Eye, and they're like, no, you don't need to do that, actually. You need to get normal size clothes for your figure. So eventually, Emily finally wore me down and was like, look, I understand you want to pay a lot, so let's go to the thrift store. And pick you out, like, ten shirts for work and a few blazers. And I went, you know what? Fine. Fine. We can do it. So we went to the thrift store. I picked up, like, ten shirts. I got these dope-ass... I can't show them because my legs can't go that high on the camera. But they're, like, silver leopard print jeggings. And it's my new aesthetic. I'll tell you that right now. I got a skirt cause I could. It was three dollars. And homeboy, I want to, if I want to just try to reveal what's underneath, it's too hot for pants, homeboy so hold on let me just uh, quit showing off stretch it a little bit. damn it you said uh, that was another bit of what we like to call physical humor for our listeners uh, Blake is lifting his legs in the air I believe oh that that's a cramp that's a cramp he's got right now go eat something and to pull now. that one out Ugh. but um yeah just going through the thrift store and finding so much like even the one we have in town it's not a good thrift store but there was still awesome shit there to like hang and pick out like I got—I I can't remember what brand this is. Oh wait, it's on the thing. Rock and Republic. Who? The only reason I know them is because the name is Rock in it. So I'm like, these are heavy metal shirts. Yeah. So I got like a I dope. Do ro- I got a dope Rock and Republic shirts. So like three new suits. Two awesome pairs of pants. I'm like, fuck yeah! Thrift stores—they're amazing. So yeah. Yeah. When I when I think about what's awesome this week, uh, thrift store shopping, my boy, it's absolutely amazing. But until next time, Blakey e. T. Oh, another oh, thing. Okay, well, what what else is awesome? Um, I just wanted to say, um, friend of ours Lee Shackleford yep. from the Relativity Podcast. Um, he said that we should do some, at our first live show, heavy metal knitting. Yeah, apparently heavy metal knitting is a thing. Which, it's kind of like doing the motions for an air guitar really close, but with knitting needles in your hand. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah." It's like, let's just knit some shit, baby. So we're gonna do heavy metal knitting. We've gotta get, um, the Whiskey Bear to come in and not give people whiskey for our show. But if he wants to steal the whiskey and give it out, the the bear can do that at Dragon. It's the whiskey bear. It must be from Night Vale. The whi- <laughs> oh yeah, that I don't know if I can say this, but fuck, I'm I mean, gonna do it anyway. I'm apparently moderating a panel with like that's fully welcome to Night Vale, and they told me that, and then I went, I've never listened to an episode of Welcome to Night Vale before in my life. What am I going to do? So I've been going back and listening to older episodes of Nightvale, and it's a slow it's a slow start, but it's a surprisingly good podcast when you get into it. I thought you were going to say it's a slow descent into madness, which is what it also is. Yeah. Oh, also, if we're going to do quick podcast recommendations, I think we have a sister podcast now. Because I found a show that is very, very similar to our premise of, like, making movies and stuff. And it's our friend Zach Moore's podcast, The Uncharacters, where every week they make, like, different characters and then write full-on monologues for them it's like uh, what we do but a lot less bullshit and a whole lot more like let okay we gotta make this and we gotta add this and I'm like all right guys that's cool so i i want to give them boys some love this week yeah less bullshit more real shit let's bullshit the real shit also if anybody's listening if they like welcome to Night Vale and they want a more british twist on something like that Listen to the Beef and Dairy Network. Beef and Dairy is very, very good. I, I was able to get into that before I was able to get into Night Vale. Um, but until after we've now talked about much better podcasts to listen to, everyone's gone, so we might as well plug some shit. Blake, where can they find you on the internet? You find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidia on YouTube. They're doing banjo and kazooie over there. My friends Josh and BJ. Watch it. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, buy all my books on Amazon. And if you need some voice acting done, want some graphic design done, whatever you want, go to my Fiverr account and just throw some money over there. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, do you hear that? Do you hear that song? Who's that? Sitting over there. (laughs) That's our... That's our theme song. That—that's the song. That's Rick Flair from Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. It starts and ends our show. You've never done Listen it, to those guys. You've never done it that early. I was so confused. I was like, Is Blake having a stroke? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, remember to check out Tom and check out the other BS Network programs online at a load of dot Ladies and gentlemen, there's Fight Boys, a uh, fun fiction that's about to have its comeback. I'm about to start on our next episode, which is hopefully going to be on Stranger Things Season 3. So make sure to nice. yeah check that out. And of course, remember to support the show. If you can't do that monetarily, we understand and we've told you everything about Patreon.com slash a load of BS and load of pure that we can. But still, if you want to support us, just leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or just talk to us on um, our Twitter accounts about the show. Like, I got so excited when Lee was just like, hey, talk about this at your live show. And I went, oh, All oh, right. okay. Oh, And if you can't or if you don't want to do that, just go to iTunes and leave a review. Yeah, I was just like, oh, no, the smart one listens to the show. Uh-oh. And of course, course, remember to follow Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS except no substitutes because we will see you next week.